0: KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, one hundred three point nine FM and AM nine thirty. It is great to be with you another Friday evening. Where we are set, where we are set to continue our exploration into not only responding how to best respond to that question, can you pray for me? But now we have entered that phase of talking about the saints. Before we get into our principal subject matter for tonight, I did just want to continue to thank all of you who are tuning in not only live to KKXX, but also by way of podcasts locally, statewide, nationally, and of course, in some cases, internationally. Uh, I do welcome you. For those of you who are listening in the countries of Canada, uh, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, I see some folks listening in Western Europe, uh, Portugal, Spain, France, Italy, Germany. I get this grid, this Google Index grid to see who's listening, when they're listening, how they're listening. And I do just want to continue to welcome all of you, as well as those listeners in Africa, Nigeria, Kenya. Um, It is a great joy that you are taking time out of your busy schedule. I know uh, this program is now, what, roughly 15 minutes, but hopefully 15 minutes uh, worth your time. So anyhow, all that being said, as promised, we will continue uh, our series of saints in conjunction with our nine keys for better intercessory prayer that we have been exploring over the past six months. And the question came up again last week, or after last week, Joe, why talk about the saints? You know, I kind of jumped right into St. Maximilian Colby. Well, yeah, good question. Who are the saints? The saints, oh, by the way, my friends, according to sacred scripture, right, are the holy ones of God. Those Christians that set themselves apart by virtue of how they put God first in their life. By virtue of, after putting God first in their life, how they loved a neighbor. It's interesting. If we are going to be honest about this, when we ask others to pray for us, we tend to go to those who, at least on the surface, appear to be holy, right? <laughs> a person of prayer and a person who has a deep awareness of other. That, that's my definition of piety, okay? Uh, piety is to be humble before God and to have a deep awareness of other. The saints, my friends, are those who have gone before us who have exhibited a certain kind of holiness, right? A deep awareness of other. And for those of you who might be saying, and certainly this comes up all the time with me, <laughs> right about now, what about 1 Timothy 2.5? That passage, for there is one God and there is one mediator, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Well, what have we said to this? But that by virtue of the grace received in baptism, we share in the one baptism of Christ, right? All Christian faithful, who have been baptized into the one baptism of Christ are made holy because they now abide in the holiness of God. You're not holy because of what you do exclusively, but what God is already doing inside of you and how you cooperate with with what God is doing inside of you. It's interesting, and I think I noted this before, St. Paul really never used the word Christian, but the phrase in Christ, you see, because baptism is the sacrament of being incorporated into Christ. We are Christian, Christ-like, to the extent that we, what? Abide in Him, he says. Abide in Christ. In effect, as we kind of swing this back into the context of intercessory prayer, our intercessory prayer, and this is partly response to 1 Timothy 2, 5, is a going into a sharing in the one mediation of Jesus Christ. And really, to best understand this passage from 1 Timothy 2.5, we have to put that verse in context. Yeah, sure, left alone, this verse appears to be at odds with everything that we have been talking about, the entirety of these past six months. But in context, it really does put the scope of our discussion into its proper framework. What do I mean there? Well, consider, but just a few verses earlier in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. What do we read? First of all, then I urge, this is Paul to Timothy, that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. That is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So clearly, my friends, St. Paul wants us to see that our prayers of intercession are what good and pleasing, according to St. Paul, in God's presence, and that all petitions of intercession find their proper conduit, as he then goes on to say in verse 5, in and through Christ Jesus. Christ was not partly human and divine, but fully human and divine. In this, my friends, Jesus becomes, of course, the perfect midpoint between God and humanity, and what St. Paul wants us to see. St. Paul was urging intercessory prayers because Christ himself urged us to go to him with our prayers of intercession. And by doing so, as St. Paul reminded the Church of Corinth and the Church of Ephesus, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 11 and Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, that we might share in his power. You see, my friends, Really, everything we are talking about as it relates to intercession is deeply biblical, because in the end, intercessory prayer is fertile ground because our mediation is a going into the one who is the author of all that is life-giving. As I like to say, God wants us to think like he thinks, act like he acts, live like he lives, and praying for others is a beautiful way of thinking, acting, and living like Christ. So we intercede on behalf of others, and turn towards other to intercede on our behalf. And we go to the saints because they have a very important place in that mediation. All right, that being said, as we paired praying in the Spirit with the discussion on St. Maximilian Kolbe last week, today, this evening, I have decided to pair, to pair praying in faith with St. Gianna Beretta Mola an Italian saint that we can consider a contemporary as she died in 1961. Now, if you know anything about this saint, you, you know why we are going to talk about her this evening. When I first read the story of Saint Gianna Beretta Molla, I, I did one of those um, tilt of the head movements <laughs> expressing my curiosity because she is not a saint who had mystical visions of Jesus, a doctor of the church who gave us some insightful treatise on the paschal mystery, or, or for that matter of figure who started a religious community, but a wife, a mother, a physician who on the surface appeared to live an ordinary life. I mean, at first glance, before you get to the end of her story, the details of Saint John's life were rather usual. Her enjoyment of skiing and mountain climbing were not uncommon to Bergamo, the the regione of Italy from which she hailed. Her involvement in the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Catholic Action Movement, while certainly beautifully noble and and merits attention, were not necessarily the, the supernatural details that one comes to know when reading about the saints. She came from a family of 13 and, and had three children. You know, I, I remember... Upon reading this for the first time, thinking to myself, this is not so different for me. For those of you who are faithful listeners, you know, as I have shared a great deal about my own family. I come from a family of 11 and have four children. She was a loving wife and mother who practiced medicine. My wife loves her children with extraordinary love, and she practices medicine, yet she's not a saint, although putting up with me is advancing her sanctity, okay, her holiness. But yeah, after working through the initial details of this apparent, ordinary life, I encountered what made Gianna a saintly woman of God, a super ordinary woman of God, dare I say, a wonder woman, right? It was not so much what she did or did not do on the surface, in as much the love and faith she put into what she did or did not do. And by did not do there, I mean, yeah, behind every no is an immeasurable greater yes. Sometimes saying no is saying yes, if you follow the logic, right? Because once you say no to one thing, you're at once saying yes to another thing. That's the logic. Saying no can be the best of things, because you're, you're then saying what? But yes to the will of God, if if saying no is the right thing to do. So, the, the deeper I was digging into the life of one Saint Gianna Mola, the more I found what sanctified her everyday life for her great love for other and deep conviction of faith in Christ Jesus. To the points I just noted, St. John's time in the mountains was a time to be close with God. If we could say creation is God's first love letter to man, then skiing and mountain climbing for her was her way, of, her way of faithfully engaging this love letter, reading this love letter, if you will. It was a place she could go and be remember how we talked about it some weeks ago, to be in tune with God, right? Her involvement with St. Vincent de Paul Society and the Catholic Action Movement was not an action taken to counsel her, her conscience, but a response of great love and faith where she could serve those on the margins and meet Christ in the poor. And certainly there we could say she would be able to put her profession of medicine to great use, huh? Gianna Mullah desired to be a missionary with her priest brother in Brazil, but she had a chronic illness, and, and in learning of this chronic illness, she could not do this. So what does she do but responds in great confidence to God's will and the plan put before her to becoming a wife, a mother, and a physician. Now, all that being said, Gianna's confidence in God would be put to the test when in 1961 she was pregnant with her fourth child and I believe it was her sixth pregnancy. She had two miscarriages and in the first trimester of her pregnancy she was struck with great abdominal pain. After a series of procedures doctors discovered that she had developed a fibroma in her uterus which meant what? but that she was carrying a baby and a tumor in her uterus. Okay, so let's set the stage for you. There were three options set before Gianna. Have a hysterectomy or an abortion, which in each case would what? But kill the baby, but save her life and allow her to have more children. Or, or have the tumor removed, which would put her life at risk, but save the baby's life. So the first and second options being the hysterectomy or the abortion. Heroically, against the doctor's counsel, and remember, she's a physician, so she knows what's going on. Gianna placed her, her baby's life before her own. She had the tumor removed without the hysterectomy. And in April of 1962, Gianna Emanuela mola was born and i love it Emanuela means what but god is with us and as anticipated a week after the birth of little gianna gianna senior died due to post-operative complications that came up because of the tumor she had removed you know my friends in our second key i placed an emphasis on following the footsteps of our spiritual forefather abraham and his great obedience of faith, Gianna Mola was asked to step into that narrative in a profound way. And as noted in that reflection, it was in the Akedah, right, the binding of Isaac, that God asked Abraham to offer his son to him as a holocaust. And with great faithfulness, he did exactly that. In the case of Gianna Mola, God asked her to offer herself as a holocaust on behalf of her daughter. But in this case, God did not have to intervene like he did with Isaac because Gianna's faithful love was all the intervention needed. What Father Maximilian, Saint Maximilian Kolbe was to Francis Gajovnicek as we discussed it last week, Gianna Beretta was to Gianna Emanuela. Deep love, deep faithfulness, holiness. You know, my friends, occasionally in our life experiences, someone comes along and reminds us that what we do every day, what is perceived to be ordinary, is in actuality an opportunity for God to transform the usual into something wholly unusual. Right? Holiness is the wholly unusual way of God. St. Gianna is the wholly unusual way of God. Now, what's more, as you can well imagine, St. Gianna, is more than just a patron saint for our reflection on praying and faith. She is the patron saint of praying for the unborn. And to and to hear her story, you should know why. Her life is an extraordinary example set before all women. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Gianna, as a doctor, was a woman of science. She understood that that life begins at conception is more than just some platitude, as some would suggest, but a religious truth that is. Proven by what? But science. The heart beats before the woman, even knows she's pregnant. These are matters we are made to reflect upon. Yeah, I have to admit, I, I was influenced to reflect upon Saint Gianna Beretta for our second uh, saint, because today, oh, if if there is a heated discussion, it is on this topic of the unborn. Let us step into that virtue of recollection, drawing back and just seeing it for what it is. And as we do, as we reflect into the importance of the heartbeat, remember the life of St. Gianna Beretta Mola, a life that was given for another life, a life that was yet to be born. Amen? Amen.